You're listening to the Off the Line Soccer Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Line. My name's Jack. Today I'm joined, as always, by Jake and Aiden. How are you guys doing? Hi, Jack. I'm doing good. And uh, obviously not too long of an introduction here, but I think today's going to be kind of an interesting discussion. And that's all I could say for, for right now. Uh, Aiden, how are you doing? I'm very pleased. Just finished up school at the end of last week uh, for the year, for the semester. And uh, yeah, just kind of relaxing for a bit before I get a job and, and start start some work for the year. But yeah, I'm pretty good. Just just happy to be done with school because the, the online environment was, was getting a little old after a couple semesters. But I'm good. How are you, Jack? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, obviously we didn't record last week, but uh, obviously, like Jake said, there's been a lot going on in the world of of football in regards to the Super League and everything surrounding that. And uh, we had some scheduling problems. So also, we wanted to see what would actually happen with the Super League and see how much news would come out because a lot of it took place over about 48 hours. But we also wanted to see how much more more news would come out before we actually spoke about it just to see um, if there was any other important information, but things seem to be settling down a little bit more on, on that front. But yeah, today's episode, we're just going to be going through um, everything, everything that we think about the super league, um, how, how it came about, what the super league actually was, how it collapsed. And we'll just have a little discussion about, um, the ownership involved in today's game where we think the Premier League and, and football as a whole is is headed if, if, if we think it's headed in the right direction and just what this actually means for the the, the present and future of, of the sport. So it should be interesting. Um, obviously, we don't have a ton of facts. We have some facts to read out, but for the most part, it's just going to be uh, discussion about our thoughts on on what's going on because I'm sure we're going to agree with most things and then it'll be interesting to see uh, once we get into some of the details about the proposal and about the Super League we'll see where we'll see what happens but Jake come to you first if you just want to quickly obviously anybody who's listening to this knows what the Super League is but if you just want to quickly run over what the what the Super League actually was yeah thanks uh so just very briefly um they kind of established i was that was it was going to be a 20 team uh not really a tournament basically a league of which obviously the 12, 12 of the teams were already uh in the super league with like barcelona juventus the six english clubs uh etc cetera, etc cetera. um and they were still trying to find three more founding members of the league uh they were hoping for i think i read psg Bayern, and bruce dortmund but obviously those three clubs reject it um, so the start, they would have had 15 teams, and then every season they would have had five extra places for teams who performed well in their domestic leagues, um, such as, like, for example, if Napoli would have won Serie A, they would have been invited, but of course there wouldn't have been, like, the three biggest Italian teams in there, so it would have kind of distorted it, but that's basically like, the, the basis of the proposal. Um, and I think each team, I think it was, like, a $3 billion project in total were financed by... Um, uh, JP Morgan. So uh, that's kind of just the the core of what the Super League was was supposed to be. Just the biggest clubs together in in Europe, and no promotion, no relegation, and yeah, just lots of 
I don't know, long away trips, I guess, for each team. Uh, and that's basically just the, the core of what was what was there. So when the news started to break out last week, did you guys, and you guys can both answer this, did you guys actually think that it was going to happen? Uh, and I'm talking about the information that got put out 10 hours before Fabrizio Romano actually confirmed it. Did you guys actually think that it was going to happen? Speaking for myself, I didn't. Um, I saw me and Aiden were, were watching the United uh, versus Burnley game together. And to be honest, that seems like so long ago. But I saw like during halftime, I was just on my phone scrolling down and, and you started seeing some reports about the Super League coming out and and teams starting to not join it exactly, but being interested. But I, I, I didn't believe it, to be honest. I kind of thought it was like another one of those like, you know, whenever the big teams want to leverage something or there's always some news coming out like, oh, you know, the World Cup's not going to happen in Qatar. That's just an example that just came to the top of my head or just something like that. I didn't really think it was it was going to happen. Um, I thought it was just like another example of just like the media getting hold of a story and drumming up interest for clicks or something like that. Like, I didn't think it through, obviously, as you guys can tell from my answer. But no, to, to answer the question directly, I definitely didn't think it was actually going to happen. I thought it was just another just another. Uh, trick i guess is kind of the way to put it um aiden i don't know what what do you think yeah i don't follow the news very closely i don't go on twitter and stuff so i was pretty behind the eight ball and just looking at later reports so i didn't really know about it till till much later in the afternoon but uh for the first so i was pretty certain that it would go through um I don't really have any basis for that other than that I wasn't really sure how um, sanctioning bodies or people would be able to tell the owners where they are allowed to play, put their players play, like put their employees and stuff like that. So I just thought basically from a, a basic standpoint that the owners would be able to do whatever they want. And uh, like we've seen with these organizations like UEFA and FIFA with Manchester City, uh, the money in the end talk. So I thought that would be the case again. Uh, not really thought through, but that was kind of my initial re initial reaction. I did think that it would go ahead. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. It was like when the initial bro news broke out earlier on in the day, I, well, I didn't think that it was going to happen, but then it really started to pick up and then, by the end of the day, right before Fabrizio Romano actually confirmed it, I was like, oh, this is actually going to happen. Even though looking back at it now, it's obviously collapsed and or collapsed to a point. We'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. But uh, in the sense that it was just confirmed, even though there was so much information that nobody knew about in terms of how they were going to run the league, there were so many details that didn't really make sense. Looking back on it now, there was it was never going to work in the current uh in the current setup or current way that they wanted the super league to happen uh do you guys think that it's going to happen in the future obviously we're bouncing around a little bit here but there's there's a lot of things to hit but do, do you think it'll happen in the future jake or what do you think actually led to the super league what do you think they um what do you think the owners of these clubs what were they after and what was the purpose for creating the league yeah, just to answer that last one, I think that's a, a pretty obvious question. They or not a pretty obvious question, but it's an easy answer for the owners. They were just after all the money and and trying to improve um, just the money that they bring in every season. Um, just speaking about the plan, just in the first place, just very quickly, I don't think 
they would have done this during like a regular season with fans and tenants for for more than one reason one they would have still been getting the income like from the the gate receipts and and et cetera, et cetera, like the concession stands and whatever else. So they they would have had a lot more money than they have at this point. And also, I don't think that they would have been brave enough to do it with the fans in the stadiums, to be honest with you. So I think that's part of it. Um, But yeah, obviously just, just fueled by, by money and just wanting, wanting a a bigger slice of the pie, I guess you could say. And just in terms of if I think it's going to happen in the future, I could definitely see some of the owners trying to do it again in the future over in like a different format or whatever, when, Let's say if there's a time where perception of the Champions League is a bit lower, then I can see them trying to do it again. But I think, and this is credit to, to all the fans, like the Chelsea fans who protested and others, I think that the fans probably wouldn't allow it to happen. Or if they did, it would be they'd make it very, very difficult for the owners. And we're kind of seeing some of the repercussions now from the fact of what they were trying to do. Um, obviously, there's some of it. We'll get into it later, but such as like Woodward resigning, I think the the just a fan perception, the reaction to this plan is basically what what led to that. So I, I hopefully, I hope that they don't do this again or they try to get it again because I don't think it's going to work and it wouldn't lead to much interest. But I could see some of the owners possibly trying to do it again. There's still reports like Barcelona and, and Real Madrid are still technically in the Super League. They haven't actually quit it yet. So I think there's, like for some of those clubs that they kind of want this to happen. So I think they'll probably push at, at another point to get it over the line, but I, I hope it doesn't happen, and I don't think it'll happen for a long time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I think. Aiden, what do you think about the the situation? Yeah, it was just the owners of the the biggest clubs trying to make a massive power play. And if you look in a league like the Premier League, I think the top six makes up about like 90% of the revenue. And even when they voted on the current uh, TV deal, I believe it took like 12 votes to to get it uh, passed so that the biggest clubs got more of the of the revenue sharing from these. Um, so yeah, it just it's just all about money. And you can even see that in how it collapsed. Uh, the, the richest teams are the are the best run or best backed financially teams in the Premier League were the ones that didn't uh, need to be in it and pulled out first like Manchester City and Chelsea and from all reports teams that have lost a lot of money during COVID like Real Madrid and Barcelona are still clinging to this because I believe they kind of have to uh, the way that they've managed their books and how much money they've lost because of COVID. And yeah, that's really all it is, in my opinion. It's just about money. And and if it is going to happen in the future, I think they're definitely going to try again. If you just look at some of the comments, like uh, from Josh Kroenke, his his wording of some of his statements and his uh, address to the Arsenal fans, just saying, uh, given the current uh, proposal structure of the proposal, no. But he didn't really rule out anything for the future. So he was just saying if it was the same proposal, that uh, there wouldn't be another. Uh, Super League or they would Arsenal wouldn't enter the Super League if it if it stayed the same proposal but he didn't rule out um, a, a different proposal or some changes uh, that Arsenal may may go in in the future um, as well as that just given his words and just kind of some of the other owners like the Glazers words and how cold and and even in that press conference Josh Kroenke just giving one word answers and not really seeming to care. He could honestly be somewhere else. That's what it seemed like. He didn't he didn't care. And it just shows how out of touch these people are with from normal people given their lifestyle and almost feeling like they're above everyone. And that's kind of the basis of the Super League, right? Is these clubs are above all the rest and they're just gonna leave them on their own. So I think it all like ties together morally and 
uh, with the actual Super League plan. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I, I listened to the Josh Kroenke interview with the fans this morning, and it really was like, like you said, Aiden, it didn't he didn't cancel anything out. He literally did say like one of the fans on like the fan like forums or councils or something literally said, can you like definitively give an answer right now that you're not going to like move forward or try to carry on in, in some way? And he literally said, not with the current like format of the proposal, but he didn't cancel out future plans. And then even like I saw a statement from Joel Glazer saying, not not really even apologizing to the fans. None of these clubs did, which I thought was absolutely appalling. But even in the statement, he said he like he had written down, we still believe that like consistent uh, European, uh, we need a consistent European presence year after year, which obviously is alluding to more of a like a closed off league, like the super league. And, and they're obviously still looking to do that. So for me, I, I think that future, I think, I don't think it'll, I personally don't think it'll ever happen, but I guarantee like I'm, I'm like 95% sure they're going to try it again in some, some weird way, as long as the, these owners stay in, uh, stay in place, which, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But what did you guys think, Jake? I'll come to you first. How did you think that they, they went about this? Do you, do you think that they would have done this with fans or like how, what does it tell you about the owners that they tried to, that they tried to do it this season and all the excuses that came out in terms of them saying, Oh, we're losing out because of COVID, even though it came out that this has been in the works for like three, like three or four years. Uh, what does it tell you about the owners and in, in the current state of the game when, uh, when when this stuff is when this stuff is happening in terms of the the finances and kind of taking advantage of the fans yeah it's clear that they're just motivated by by money and that's all they care about and you you could see like as soon as the money stopped coming in from the like in the stadium experience and as soon as that stopped they tried to find another way to get the the money coming in which in itself is not a problem but obviously when it's a plan like this um that that is a big problem yeah like like you said they they definitely wouldn't have done this with with fans in the stadium because there would have been mass protests which there were anyway but um i think if it wasn't you know like lockdown and social distancing and all that wasn't being uh like in vigor i think the protests would have been much bigger and probably much much sooner as well and um even like you mentioned not everything's about the match going fan because as you know like obviously you guys know that we're not match going fans for our clubs um, so we got like a, a different perspective to some of the match going fans, but just when they released a statement too, I think it was uh, midnight in the UK when, when um, the fans of those clubs who actually attend the games would all be sleeping or a, a large, large majority of them would be sleeping or in bed or whatever. So I think just the, the timing of it too, it's just, it shows just like a disregard for the fans who, regardless what, what we say, like we support the club differently than the fans in the stadium, but basically the the team in the sorry basically the fans in the stadiums are the i'd say like the biggest support for some of the clubs and just the the timing of the of the announcement and all that it just showed a complete disregard for them and and how they would react or how they would feel or anything it's basically it was probably to protect themselves as well because i'm sure like i mentioned earlier if they would release this at like six o'clock uh, p.m in the, in the uk then they probably would have had protests or lots of 
uh, negative uh, negative things before the plant even got off the ground. So I'm sure they probably just wanted to to do it like a, around a worldwide time as well, releasing at like 6 p.m. in New York and stuff like that. So I think it was just a, an international um, aspect on it. And they just wanted to kind of capture the interna international reaction um, before maybe the the one at home, but I'm not obviously I'm not sure about that. It's just kind of what I what I gathered, but that's pretty much it. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, once again, I just think that the owners are out of touch. They didn't really realize their reaction that they were going to get from the fans. Like you already touched on with the protests at multiple different clubs, and just. Again, I think they think that they're just a lot smarter than everybody else and that nobody really realizes what's going on. But as you were talking about, we're not like match going fans. And I, I think this might have been like a big eye opener for a lot of people because um, we obviously talk about on this podcast, uh, like the poor ownership and uh, kind of transfer planning or management of clubs like Manchester United and Arsenal Arsenal through their ownership but we don't really touch on too much other than like FFP with Manchester City like the actual corruption in the game and I think that just opened the eyes and just kind of reminded everyone that like basically every organization or everybody that's that's running this game essentially is corrupt and that isn't um just exclusive to the owners I think it also showed this week with UEFA as soon as uh this came out UEFA discovered more money to put in the pot and they changed the whole uh, uh, Champions League format which is a whole other uh, kettle of fish that I don't really enjoy the new format but I think it just shows that the owners and UEFA FIFA just kind of reminded people that don't go to matches and maybe don't see the workings of the owners and everybody involved firsthand that even though you're watching at home uh, they're still trying to um kind of pull the wool over your eyes and just be disrespectful and kind of act like you're more of a sheep and you can't really think for yourselves. And that's what I think it was more of arrogance than anything with how they did it. They didn't really put out any PR, or like try to shadow what they were doing. It was just all kind of blankly laid out there that they're breaking away and uh, just kind of, I guess, leaked. I don't know. I just think that it was pretty arrogant and like the, like the whole plan that, these owners and these people involved just think they're above everybody else. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Did you guys like speaking of like not going over the details, did you guys see the logo for the super league? The logo is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I could have made that on Photoshop in literally two minutes. Yeah. Wasn't it just the words of the super league and then like the, the first words were just like multicolored or something or rainbow colored. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, it's like they just like fill, filled it in with like gradient paint on like yeah, I don't know, on like PowerPoint or something. It was it was it was shocking that once I saw the logo, we all had once you saw the logo, you had to say like there's no way this is going through because they're like the logo. Go if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was it was abysmal, but yeah, Aiden, I agree with you. I just also uh you guys can cut me off here whenever, but I think that in terms of the the owners and we know a bunch of them especially in the premier league and we're focusing more on the premier league owners here because we we know a lot more about the premier league i don't know about barcelona and real madrid and how their clubs are financed and structured um as i do not not that i know a ton about the the premier league ones but we, we know enough to get to get along and understand that there are problems uh with the way that the clubs are run but I think because there are, you know, you've got Joel Glazer, you've got, you've got uh, FSG and you've got, 
who else who else do you have you have Kroenke like for Man United Arsenal and in Liverpool where they all of them seem to look at the Premier League and, and football as, as a whole and kind of treat it the exact same way as North American professional sports, whether that be the NFL or the, the NHL or the NBA with these owners having experience in those leagues. And they've, they've had like, they've, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they've had uh, interviews before in the past saying that they wouldn't be interested in a, or they wouldn't want to invest in in a league where there's even the chance of suffering relegation just from a business perspective it makes no sense even if the even if the chances of that happening are small it can completely um like completely ruin your investment but i think that in terms of the the match going fans i don't think that these owners and like you say and they're completely out of touch but it's almost a lack of understanding that like football compared to every other sport in the world is completely different in terms of the culture of it. And that literally every fan, although we, we laugh at the games like Manchester city taking on Burnley and all that sort of thing. And even though the games like, you know, that man city are probably going to win it's, it's the, the culture and just the, the sporting merit that they don't seem to understand for whatever reason and the overall the culture of over a hundred years of playing the game in a, in a certain way and in terms of competition, but they don't seem it's, I almost look at it as they don't understand that uh, for football in, in, in the Premier league and pretty much any league in the world, it's, it's different in terms of the fans, in terms of the communities. And I, I just think of, you know, all the protests. So you see the Man United fans protesting, you see the Chelsea fans protesting, you see massive Arsenal uh, protests with thousands of people. And it's like they don't understand that the communities around these clubs are actually the most important thing. It's not really on the field most of the time. It has to do with these communities. And it's like these owners, they are so out of touch that they don't understand um, what the sport and what these clubs and what this, what competition and sporting merit actually means to, uh, to fans. Jake, what do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you got it spot on. And again, like we've seen a lot of backlash over the last week, which is fair, but just like the um, Americanization of, of the game, which obviously is not what we want, but yeah, it's like you mentioned, it's, it's like the, the three American owners mostly just, taking no risk, you know, making sure you get the, the guaranteed money every single season. Um, and honestly, this is something that Aiden brought up when we were talking about it, but imagine these owners, if they were in the super league with no relegation, they're guaranteed the income anyway, what motive do they have to actually spend money on the team? Like you could, they could finish bottom on all three of them on zero points. Just, I know it's an extreme example, but they could all finish bottom on, on zero points, which is not possible. But anyway, they could finish bottom of the table, the three of them and, and not spend anything on players that could sell all their high earners and stuff. Just use, again, extreme example, use 15, 16 year olds throughout the whole team for the whole season. They keep racking it, raking in the money, no relegation, and they, they could just make so much more money and they, they would have no, no incentive to actually care about the team or anything. It would just be a, a pure money making um, a business for them, which is obviously something that the fans wouldn't accept. But again, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they would have tried it. It's just, it's just kind of awful the way they went around it. They just don't understand the fans, which obviously this is, it's been obvious for a long time, but this really just brought out 
and they they really just have no no regard for the fans to be completely honest to even attempt this and and um i think on friday i don't know about the other clubs but united had like a, a fans forum event where ed woodward spoke to the fans answered questions and etc cetera, etc cetera, and there was no mention of of the super league or anything at all not that i necessarily expect there to but just the fact just keeping the the secret like this and talking to the fans and smiling at their faces and then doing something completely different behind their backs that would completely like ruin the ruin the fan base and the support for the club it's just it's just scummy i guess is the word for it but it's just a i don't know i, I just don't understand how some of these people could actually sleep at night just doing all this stuff behind their backs and stuff just in in the pursuit of money and not caring about how many like in united's case not caring about how many millions of fans is um dreams and stuff that they would just absolutely crush just doing it but yeah it's just sad that everything just revolves around around money and that's just the modern uh modern sport i guess but it's really not the way that it should be um but yeah that's really all i have for for that question uh, aiden what do you think yeah you guys both made some good points there and like you're saying, not telling the fans at a fan forum, but also not telling any managers or players until basically uh, the announcement was made and, and games were already kicking off, players and managers being interviewed, thrown under the bus completely just, again, shows how they – I don't know how they thought they were going to get away with it now upon reflection, like how this was going to work if they're just trying to sneak it like in the back door and not really letting anyone know. And it's just such a select group of people planning it. It seems – for how smart these people think they are, it seems very poorly planned. And uh, over to the uh, the culture and uh, aspect that Jack was touching on, yeah, uh, that would never really work. The Super League kind of model would never really work um, in England when you have so many small communities uh, where they thrive and are based off the clubs, like Jack was saying. And in American sports, it's basically just only major cities that really have sports teams. And a lot of times you have uh, teams in smaller markets that have to relocate uh, and they because they don't work in that small market after a short period of time. So uh, something like that would never really work. And another thing we haven't really touched on is like just how it would affect grassroots football and like how the academy system would work uh, with all those teams if none of their players were playing in uh, like Premier League 2 or under 18 leagues and they were all out of their uh, – their kind of league organizations and stuff like that. So I think it was not really well thought out. And I almost wonder if they were trying to, if they really thought it was going to go through or if they were just trying to push for some type of champions league reform by putting this out. I'm not too sure because it, when I reflect on it, of course, I was really scared over the first couple of days. Uh, I thought it was going to go through for sure, but after kind of thinking about it and not really panicking, not searching for a new club immediately like I was or searching for a new league to support. If this went through, I, I realized that it probably was never going to go through just because of how much of an effect it would have on so many people and how little planning and how little aspects of the effects that it would have was really covered in any detail when, when this whole thing was outlined. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel like an idiot now looking back on it, like, and thinking, oh, this is, this is happening and like, what's going to happen here. But in reality, it was just a bunch of billionaires who didn't really organize. They had three years to plan this apparently. And that's what they came up with. Like they, to be honest from them, 
if they were going to do it, they completely bottled it. Like, I don't understand how they could come up with that, that bad of a plan, that unorganized of a plan. And like you said, Aiden, completely throwing the managers under the bus. Like I've seen, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, Guardiola and, and, and Klopp and, that they're all bottling these interviews. They're not calling it out, but like, really, what do you expect them to say when they found out the same time as all of us? Like that, I don't really know what you'd, what you'd expect them to say. They are employed by the clubs, but yeah, I just, I thought it's a common theme on this podcast. We've said it many times before where we're always wondering how some of these billionaires make such bad decisions that like literally if they just thought about it, it were, it were like in touch in some way with the fans, which, which they're obviously not, if they're in, like, if they're in touch at all, they would easily not make these mistakes, but they go ahead with these crazy plans. Anyway, it just seems to be very, very strange. And it's all about the greed. Um, I, I find it like one of the worst parts you touched on it, Aiden, one of the worst parts about this whole thing is the excuse that all of these clubs, the richest clubs in the world coming out and saying, uh, the pandemic forced us to do this or pushed us into doing this decision. When you see some of these clubs just completely going past and, and struggling, especially in the, the the lower part of the the pyramid in England, where you see these clubs have have no money whatsoever, but you're also seeing seeing the other stuff. Project Big Picture, where they kind of tried to gain, well, they did try to gain control over. Uh, over the Premier League and over more of English football, and you'd like to think that the the, the biggest clubs would, at, at a time where football needs it the most, would try to do what they can to to help out the the game as a whole. But doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be going that way. And it's just, in my opinion, from from the owner's perspective, just disgusting. Where it's like, oh, there's a global pandemic and 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 COVID, and we're losing some money, but so to protect ourselves, the richest teams in the world who technically don't really need help. You guys know how Man United are structured based off of debt, but you see like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and some of the transfers that they've made. And they're in like a billion dollars of debt, I think, in Real Madrid's case. When you buy Eden Hazard at 29 years old for like 120 million, like maybe they just need to come up with some solutions like every other every other team has to and sell some players and raise some funds in order to balance the books. But it's, it, it's, it, it's not the best um, obviously. And it just comes down to terrible, terrible ownership. Uh, I do want to quickly touch on this. I want to see what you guys, you mentioned it earlier, Aiden, about the champions league rules, the new uh, champions league reform that I believe starts in 2024. Um, which would see there'd be more team. I don't have the exact rules, but off the top of my head, uh, there'd be more teams in the competition and in the Premier League specifically, you've, you'd have the top four, but I believe you'd have an extra two spots based off of uh, your European coefficient, which comes from your, I guess, domestic or European success over the last five, the previous five years, but it would open up more spots um, and it would go to those those teams that have always been successful or otherwise just guaranteeing the the top six teams in England get into European competitions every single season. Jake, I'll, I'll come to you first. I'm sure all three of us are going to agree on this, but what, what's your take on the the new format if it doesn't get changed by 2024? I think it I think we'll we'll see some fight for that to be changed. But 
based off of the original plans that have been set in place, what, what do you think about them? Yeah, like you said, I'm sure we'll all agree on this one. I, th- I really think it's a really bad idea. There's kind of some aspects to it, which is kind of like the Super League anyway, um, such as like the, the teams getting in, even if they don't technically qualify for it, just based on their coefficient, like you mentioned. So I think obviously some some parts of that are, are not taken from the Super League, but I'm sure that some of the clubs leverage those in there. Um, and obviously there were like a bunch of the club members that were on like the European clubs, clubs association board before the super league happens, like Agnelli, Woodward, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm sure they had some, some influence in these, in these talks anyway, to, in the, to change the champions league in, in 2024, but I don't think it's a good idea at all. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. The way it is now, um, you still see a, a lot of upsets like Porto reaching the the quarters and Leon reaching the semifinals last season and just a bunch of, of kind of surprise runs like that. I asked a couple of years ago and I could probably go on and on, but and that, that's kind of what makes a competition like one of, one of the best in the world. And um, even just the fact about the new competition, this is basically going to be a league anyway. Each team is going to have, I think it's at least there's going to be some groups of 10 or something clubs are going to have at least nine games which in the first place there's literally no time in the calendar for the, for those games anyway like imagine if united has played every single midweek except for this past week um in 2021 and imagine if they had to squeeze in like six or seven extra extra champions league games and it literally would have been next to impossible but um aside from that it's just a very weird format where the teams are going to be divided divided in tens i think and then the, the top eight out of 10 are going to qualify for the knockout round. And there's going to be a playoff for some of those teams. And it's just all over the place. And it's just a really bad idea. It was nice to see um, Gundogan come out. I think it was two, two days ago now um, after the whole super league kind of thing was over. The talk was over and he said, now's the time to actually talk about this. It's a horrible plan, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we need more of those players like that. And that actually understand what, what it's about. And yeah, just, to finish off on that, it was just a very bad Champions League idea. I kind of hate it, the new Swiss model that they've talked about so often in the last couple of days. But I think uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way it is. If if the clubs like United, in the first place, Arsenal and Spurs, how the hell did they even get in this? But if these teams aren't good enough to qualify for the Champions League the way it is now, they shouldn't have a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. And that goes for United as well. Like. Obviously, every season we United finish in, in sixth place or whatever. I, I'm upset that United don't qualify for the Champions League, but it doesn't mean I think that United have like a a, a God given right to be in the in the in the in the tournament just because they've won it before. What was it? Maybe almost 15 years ago. Now was the last time. I don't think United have a right to get in. United have to keep pushing and, and improving to to be able to qualify for the competition for the right to play against the teams like you know Real Madrid and Juventus and whoever else like that. So. I think it's just a bad idea all around, and I, hopefully it, it gets taken apart the way this 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 European Super League got, got taken apart. But Aiden, what do you think about the, the new Champions League format? Yeah, it seems more more money driving things again. Uh, kind of takes away the opportunity for, or it make it basically allows for bigger teams to play each other and no no chance of of the biggest clubs being eliminated from the competition by a smaller side before they can meet against another european uh, superpower uh you guys already touched on the new format uh not really thrilled about the the club coefficient and allowing us an extra spot for a team that won the champions league last year and i'm not really even i don't know how you guys um 
feel about it, but I'm not even too thrilled about the uh, the conference league and stuff like that. Uh, I just from my perspective, I don't really have. Well, I'd hope that I don't have any connection to United or any other team being in the conference league uh, for for many years. But just more games, like we, we try to watch as many games as we can, and just just kind of sucking sucking the life out of it and almost watering down the product. The the big ties get less important, and that was one of the big things that I didn't want to happen with the Super League. So. I don't really like this. And it's, it's like what we talked about with the playoffs and everything like that. It's, it's almost an Americanization of, of the sport again. Um, and yeah, just based off money, I'm not, I'm not really excited for it. I don't have too many points, but I, I don't see, I don't know if you guys don't know, I don't see a ranking system yet. Like how are they going to decide which teams and which pot and how they play against each other? I, I'm on the UEFA website and I don't see anything. Uh, for how that'll be decided. So it's still more ironing out to be done, but I don't really see too many benefits for the fans. And I think that just United playing at Real Madrid and stuff, you're going to see that more. So you're not going to be as excited for it. I think, like I agree with you guys, just leave it alone. It's it's great exactly the way it is right now. Like like you've got the champions league, which originally, if it's really a champions league, you should only have the first place for each country going into it. Like, I guess that's what it technically should be and has been in, in the past, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, right. When you said that it's like so many people were already pissed off before when they changed the champions league format. I think, I don't know, Jake would know, but I think they've already changed it like two times at least. Um, so further expanding it is just keeping just they're going to continue watering it down we've seen it with the World Cup I don't really understand yeah I, I just like you like technically a Champions League would just be the champions of each each country play each other and there wouldn't be as many teams so you're obviously like they're just going to water it down a little bit so top four for some of the, the top top leagues in, in Europe and then go from there I don't mind having the Europa League because I think that depending on the uh, the competitiveness of the leagues, I still think that there are teams within even like even the Premier League, like like I would say at this point right now, probably West Ham and and Everton are probably an example of a team that's probably like well I'm not gonna say probably they're definitely on paper not good enough to be playing against you know like Real Madrid and Barcelona and Manchester City, but probably better than having to play against like West Brom or like Crystal Palace and that sort of thing every single week. Like no, no disrespect to those clubs, but I, the, the Europa League provide it's, it is obviously the secondary competition, but they have introduced the conference. Like you said, Aiden, I don't understand what that's about. Like the, the Europa League is embarrassing enough to have to play. And if we're being completely honest or even try to qualify for Although I hope that everything get it this season, but just the overall consensus is we've watered it down enough to this point right now, exactly how it is. I think it's perfect. Um, I do like having the four champions league spots rather than just the one. Although I do understand people who just want the one I like having the four. I also like the fact that the Europa league can also offer you a way into the champions league. I think that provides some extra incentive for teams uh, but overall, I think it's fine. It's fine exactly the way it is. And with the with the new with the new uh, rules that are set to be implemented, with the coefficients, 
that that's the thing I don't agree with. Like, I don't mind if they like introduce a couple more teams, I guess, but really they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to the whole qualification process, especially for less competitive leagues is a, is a very strange one in a long, more complicated process, but just, they should just leave it alone. They just need to leave it alone and then uh, it should be fine. But I like having the race for the top four and for the European places. It just makes the domestic leagues more interesting throughout the entire season. But as a whole, they just like, just leave it alone. They're not going to, but I know most of us just want them to leave it alone. The coefficients is what I have a problem with most is the fact that like, if, if like Everton or West Ham or, or Leicester finished above, you know, like, like Arsenal who might have a higher European coefficient, although they, they haven't been in the champions league for years. And then Arsenal would, would get in ahead, especially, and I don't mean to dig in here, but like Arsenal and Spurs in a super league, what what's going on there? They're both like, uh, did you not see Spurs against Man City? They didn't touch the ball in our Arsenal. Arsenal couldn't even beat Everton. Everton had the slowest team of all time, but that's uh we've already touched on that but if we're talking about Ajax should have been in there like Porto declined the Ajax definitely should be in there if you're talking about an elite European team with with history in the competition you could put like Benfica in there you could put quite a few teams before like Spurs Spurs is the main one Spurs I'm like how are you in this but the other ones you can kind of see but for the most part, they just need to leave it alone, keep it the exact same way as it is right now, and and, and it should be fine. But they're all going to play around with it. Um, another question for you guys: Do you think, and we might, we might, I might disagree with you guys here. It, it depends. We'll we'll have to wait and see. But do, do you guys think that there should be a punishment for the clubs that try? We'll we'll stick to the Premier League ones, I guess. But do you think that there should be a punishment for the clubs who, who decided to join the Super League? Yeah, I I do think there should be a punishment because you can't just just do stuff like this. Like, you've seen the clubs left the European Union then they joined it back, like, two days later. Like that would be such a weird thing to just go unpunished. And, and um, like, obviously, being biased, I, I would hope that there's no, no punishment for United. But I... Oh, like overall, just in fairness, I think it's it's deserved for all the clubs that that joined it. Um, but yeah, just I I don't know like what they could do. Just like I don't know how the laws work. I don't know if they could deduct points or I know basically finding the clubs probably wouldn't do anything. Apparently, they have to pay like some penalty for leaving the Super League anyway. So so adding on a couple million to that probably wouldn't make a difference. But I, yeah, I don't know what kind of punishment they could give them, but maybe like a European ban has been talked about, but again, I don't know what, I don't know what they can enforce, what they can't. So I'm just kind of speculating at this point, but I think like realistically they, they, they do deserve a ban. And before this thing was called off and, and when United were still in it, I was as, I was as mad as anyone. I was like, ban United, find them, do whatever. So I, I don't think I could really flip on that point of view right now, just, just because the, the whole projects failed, but yeah, just personally, I do, I do think that, um, a ban is deserved for, for the clubs. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, for me, I 
think that the depends what your definition of the club is. I don't think that the players and the managers should be punished. They didn't know anything. And the players are a large part of getting this back on track and getting out of this mess. So I don't think they should be punished. Their hard work should be uh, punished with something like a points deduction. Uh, yeah, I don't, I think that the, the owners are the ones that have to be punished and something that hurts their pocketbooks. Obviously it would be, uh, punishing the players if you did something like a champions league ban, but I think that's fair because I think we've seen that it's more the prerogative of the owners to make it into the champions league and actually feel the competitive team. So maybe take that away. Massive fines that have been. Uh, like unprecedented in, in current times c- could do something. Uh, but personally, I just wouldn't um, feel that it would be fair to punish the players who helped people like as much as we like to bang on them, uh, Jordan Henderson hosting a meeting between all the captains and kind of getting everyone on side. And, and then all the other players uh, that, that posted their messages and stood up to their clubs. I don't really think it would be fair to them to kind of cancel their hard work for this season. Uh, you have a club making the Champions League and you want a points deduction. I mean, I don't blame you. If the time is now, then uh, I would be on that ship too. Uh, take that opportunity, get the points deduction and make it to the Champions League. But yeah, I don't think that's really fair to the players and the managers who had really nothing to do with this. Yeah, I can I can see where both you guys are are coming from. I'm pretty sure right now the other 14 teams in the in the league, from what I've read, are that they're holding out and discussing what they believe is like a a justified punishment. So in my my personal opinion, I think uh, the main the main priority if we're looking at the 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 game and sport as a whole, and obviously I might be a little bit biased here as an, as a fan of a club who's not in that mix but pretty close in terms of um in terms of the table and stuff but i would say the the number one things that has to happen it has to be some sort of disciplinary action towards the owners or whoever's making the whoever made the decision to leave the problem with that from the the main problem with that is the fact that like we've seen ed woodward step down uh, but everybody knows that Ed Woodward just works for the Glazers and it's really Joel Glazer and, and them who are making those big decisions. So if you're going to say, oh, punish the decision makers, you can probably oh, punish Ed Woodward or force him to step down or whatever. But you know that's actually the owners who are making these decisions. Um, in, in some some clubs, it, they don't even have those people in those positions. I believe that for Liverpool, John Henry, he's the owner, but he's also the one who would be from what I've read is the one who'd make that decision. There's no, like no middleman between like there's with, with Woodward at, you there's some sort of disciplinary action, but you can't really force them to sell their clubs as the, the, the fans are protesting, but that's different. That's not forcing them. That's just encouraging them to, uh, or, or making their, their, their thoughts known saying like, get out of our club, uh, which is absolutely like, absolutely, justified and I, I believe they should be doing that so it has to be a punishment on the owners uh but the problem is the owners are the owners and you can't to do anything because they are the owners so i think like personally i know you you touched on it aiden it's not fair to 
to the pl- to the players or the fans because they had nothing to do with it. And I, I completely agree with that. But on the other hand, like we've seen upper management for different clubs. I'll just use the teams in England as an example. We've seen like Wigan Athletic, Bolton, uh, who else? We've seen Barry, uh, all these teams who've gotten massive point deductions. I believe Sheffield Wednesday as well. We've seen them uh, and get matches which led to the demise of most of those clubs over the last like 10 years or so. Uh, Portsmouth is another one. And that all comes from like the upper decisions at the, the, uh, the management or ownership level of those clubs, which again, like it has nothing to do with the decisions from, from fans or players and it's not their fault in any way. And they were still, they were still punished very, very harshly. And it would be like, in my opinion, it would just be, you could kind of make that if you're being picky about it, you could probably say, Oh, that's fair on the fans and the players. You could probably say that about a lot of decisions that are made in the game. And personally, I think that what they try to do and they like, we all know that it would have ruined the, the, the sport in England or the whole pyramid in England. And I think that whatever they would choose as a punishment would have to match like the monumental decision that they made and started to go through with to actually leave the champions league. Now for me, you can't, I wouldn't deduct points because they didn't really do anything to the premier league. That's just my personal opinion. It doesn't change the premier league table, but in terms of what the owners are doing and saying, we're going to, league and start our own thing i think that they'd be fairly justified uefa or whoever makes these decisions because we don't we don't know how it works would probably be justified in giving them a a ban from playing in the champions league um for i i don't know it could be more than one season like personally we've seen arsenal and spurs arsenal can't even get into the champions league on their own way even if it was like for a season or two, I just think that the decision to join the super league and the consequences that it, that it, not that it did, but could have had on the rest of, of the, of the clubs in the, in the country and in the sport as a, as a whole, I think that the, the the punishment kind of has to match what they actually uh, set up to try to do. But then on the other end, like I said, some of these teams like Arsenal and Spurs, they're they're not even going to make the champions league. So, does it really think after the owners as well? Uh, what do you What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that makes sense. And like you mentioned, it'd be kind of hard to to throw it in because you don't know uh, where they would finish or how it would affect or whatever. But I don't know if it's true or not. But I kind of saw that. Uh, I know that the the UEFA president kind of said yesterday that there'd be some punishment. But I also saw that there were some like sports lawyers. Obviously, this is like a long way. From being resolved i saw some of them say that there's no grounds to punish the clubs because all they did was um state intent and they didn't actually do anything which i don't understand because i think that they did leave like the european clubs association and stuff so i think technically they did something but obviously i'm not a sports lawyer so they would know much better than me um but it was a kind of a weird example but what they compared it to is they said if you go to like a hamburger shop and you say I'm going to eat 50 hamburgers. They said that the shop can't like reasonably hold you accountable for and make you pay for like the 50 hamburgers since you didn't technically 
like eat them all or buy them since he didn't actually do an, an act. It was kind of like a weird co comparison, but kind of gives just an, an example, I think. So I saw that. Obviously, I don't know if it's if it's true or not. It's just like it's literally a, a sports lawyer's opinion. So there's there could just as easily be another one who has a very different opinion and could say that there is intent. These clubs could be liable, whatever, whatever. So it's just kind of like a it's kind of uncertain at the moment what's what's actually going to happen, but. Um, yeah like you mentioned like it, it it is kind of kind of hard just to enforce like again like let's say this season they enforce like a one-year champions league ban for these clubs like arsenal and spurs get off like scot-free because they're not going to qualify for it anyway and then you would just be punishing four of the clubs instead of all six so it's just kind of a a weird one that they're going to have to come up and, and think of a punishment that can like apply to to each one's uh at the same level i kind of like Aiden's idea of like somehow like targeting like the owners with the with the punishments obviously it was their idea and they should be the ones to to bear bear the the brunt of it so that's that's kind of what i thought but yeah aiden um what do you think about that i feel like we're all kind of saying the same thing a little uh, but yeah i just think that it'll be hard to quantify what the punishment is unless you're at one of the people at the table actually making the decisions from what I heard, like West Ham for obvious reasons are one of the big teams that were pushing for the points deduction so that they can get in the champions league. Um, but the other thing is like, if you're going to deduct points or whatever, how many points are you going to take off 30 points, put these teams near relegation? If you're Arsenal, you're probably going down from that. Or are you going to do half of that? How does, how do you quantify how much a point is worth compared to, maybe the destruction it would have done. So yeah, I agree with the Champions League ban. Uh, like I said, just hitting the pocketbooks of the owners, I think is the is the main thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's like unprecedented fines to try and like ward off this type of behavior in the in the future. I don't know, you're saying that there, there won't be anything according to these lawyers, but I think there definitely should be something and maybe like 100, 200 million euro fines. I don't know, something massive so that it kind of wards off this behavior that that would almost uh, be half or, or quite a substantial amount of what they would have made on their first uh, Super League payment. So I think it would kind of uh, make them think twice before doing it again. But obviously, we're not really well versed. So this is really hard for us to decide. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does depend on a lot of of it like the the severity of the punishment it has to be to pretty much like and again this isn't fair on the fans or the players but as a club when the club as a business for these owners it would basically be a punishment that puts them in a poor i guess financial position where they can't leave i guess and leave to start their own league and i read again there's a lot of speculation i read that the, like the government's working with the premier league to figure out some rules where the teams literally have to stay and they can't break off again but again that's just speculation and we're not lawyers so we wouldn't know exactly how that works um just while i'm reading this i just got an update it might be interesting that uh, from Fabrizio Romano saying that Julian Nagelsmann is set to join Bayern Munich and it's confirmed and they're just working on the very last steps, but he's, he, he said, here we go. So Nagelsmann will be going to Bayern and he's rejected Spurs, uh, probably watched Spurs on the weekend against Man City and said, well, Harry Kane's going to leave and there's nothing 
in there, but uh, yeah, that should be interesting. But yeah, in terms of the Super League, I don't, I don't know. I just think there, there has to be a punishment to warn these clubs that they can't do it again, because I still think, like I said at the start, that the owners really did put out there saying that they didn't really, none of them reject the idea and say, we are stopping this and we're never going to try it again. It was basically like they said, we made a mistake with the current plan. We'll have to do it again, but we'll, we'll have to see. That's why we gave it a couple of days along with the, the schedule mix-ups, but we wanted to see if there was anything else that came out of uh, out in the news about the Super League. But yeah, I think again, it's probably going to take some time, and we probably won't know up until probably close to the start of next season what's actually going to happen in terms of whether there'll be a punishment or not. It would be very strange if there was no punishment, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, do you guys, Jake, do you have any last thoughts on this? Yeah, just a little bit, just like to touch on the, just the individual people like involved, like Florentino Perez, we saw like that, that interview that he, that he gave and just kind of like the, the fake facts that he came out with and, and stuff like that. It's, it's like a very bad way of putting it. I know I put it to you guys like personally, but he's 74 years old. Like he wouldn't have seen the end of this. He like... I don't want to say it, but like he's going to be around for like what, like 10 years to see this and that's going to be it. And then it's just going to be like, it's going to be his idea and his implementation, I guess, for like years and years and years and years. And, and he wouldn't have been able to see the end of it. It's like, it, it's just very annoying when it's people who are, I don't want to say like old people in general, but like people who are like on the other side i don't have a good way of explaining but he's making like the decisions that would impact like generations and generations and and not just like himself so i i don't like that and just um just we saw like the the interviews with um with uh alexander cheffer and the ua for president just calling them snakes and especially agnelli like him and agnelli like he's agnelli is his daughter's godfather and just the fact that he completely went behind his back and, and stuff like this just to just to get get himself more money it's kind of it's actually very sad just the way how the the human relationships just went out the window as soon as a lot more money came on the table so yeah just just not a fan fan of that and um and yeah just ed woodward resigning which is a, a that was a very very good good news uh news flash when it came out for me i was very happy with that but nothing else really to touch on other than that uh, aiden what do you think yeah that was the that was like a way bigger sense of happiness when the was canceled and Woodward went out all in one go and really overshadowed the uh, horrible feeling for the two days previous to that when he thought it was definitely going to go through. So that was really good. And uh, not too much else to add on the Super League. I just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, it makes sense that Nagelsmann is going to Bayern. If you had to choose between Bayern and Spurs, the other team that he was rumored to be, are looking at or that wanted to hire him. I mean, we've already touched on Spurs and Jack has made his his, uh, his notes about them known to our audience that they are not a good club. They do not deserve to be in the Super League. And I share that sentiment. It also makes sense that Nagelsmann is going to Bayern, uh, kind of like Leipzig, where someone else oversees the transfers. He just has to coach the players and, and – uh, kind of make the team the best that he can. He doesn't have to worry about transfers too much. So I'm sure we all agree that that's going to be a great success because when do Bayern make any mistakes? 
Yeah, for sure. Last thing, actually, now that you mentioned Woodward and the ownership, there's obviously been the protests, which we obviously all support, but um, Woodward leaving at the end of 2021, do you guys think, uh, do you guys think that the Glazers will be willing to sell if the right offer comes in? Or do you think that, uh, do you think that they're just going to hold out? I I hope that they will be open to it. And I was listening to it's called the Talk the Devils podcast. It's from the the three uh, Manchester United writers from the Athletic, and they were mentioning, and it was a, a really good point that this was the Super League was kind of the the Glazers' end goal for a long time. They mentioned that there had been some talk about it way back in like two thousand seven. So you can see like how far back this was kind of in the works, and obviously like the plans weren't being made yet at that point. It was just an idea, but. Um, you could kind of see that. And then they, they just mentioned that the fact that it's not going to happen now for a very long time, that what do the Glazers kind of have to stay for? Because this was their whole plan the whole time. And obviously the three of them are, are big United fans as well. So they, they dislike the Glazers just as much as pretty much every other United fan. But uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that that they can be um, uh, bought, bought out from the club. And I think that that would be really good, and hopefully the the protests outside Old Trafford kind of have have an influence on that. And um, I th- I mean I don't think it's like a, a bold statement. I think this is probably the closest that the Glazers have ever been to getting out of the club because at this point they're not going to get what they want, which is a huge uh, a slice more money and guaranteed qualification in Champions League. And I can't see this idea coming back for a while, like we touched on earlier. So hopefully that the Glazers kind of realize that, that their time is up and they sell it uh, to someone who, who actually cares about the club and, and is going to want to take the club to the next level. And, and yeah, that's pretty much it um, from what I think. Aiden, what do you think about the Glazers? Yeah, I agree. It's the closest that they that they have been to selling. But for me, just the, the sticking point and the amount of people that can actually fork up that kind of money to buy a club uh, like or the size of Manchester United and um would i be happy if it was someone coming in swashing operation like we've seen at other clubs no so hopefully uh, there is a, a group of people or or one person who can fork up that amount of amount of money but until there's a really concrete reports i'm not going to get too excited about it because uh, they just keep leaching stuff out. So why do they why do they need to stop? They can sell whenever. So they can just keep leaching out money. And the the team right now is on the upturn. And I think for the most part, other than this Super League setback, the club has been on an upturn uh, based um, on previous years. Um, so yeah, I think that they'll they'll hold on until. Or I'm not going to get too excited until there's a really concrete offer. Sorry. <clears throat> Yeah, I just, it just made me think because I've seen the, a lot of reports coming out today saying that the owner of Spotify or the majority shareholder of Spotify says he wants to. He's an Arsenal fan. If if uh, if Kroenke, if if their group is willing to listen, that he'd be interested. And it was like himself alongside Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, and Dennis Bergkamp would all be interested in 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 building the club and investing in the club if if it was up for sale. But We'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated on the podcast, obviously, but we just wanted to have this discussion a little bit later, uh, just in case any new information came out. But uh, we'll have another, I'm sure we'll have another podcast this week, probably Thursday or Friday, to review some of the the champ, the latest Champions League action and Europa League action. And yeah, just want to say thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at OTL Soccer Pod. 
Uh, and yeah, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye-bye, Super League. <laughs>